Welcome to What's Up with Dr. Rupp, where we explore the supernatural. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Rupp. I want to talk real quick about an online course that I have. It's called Keys to Healing, and it's about all things regarding supernatural healing. We talk about how it's always God's will to heal, how God is our healer. Um, we talk about different things that can hinder your healing, different things, different healing methods. Um, we even talk about how healing can occur through deliverance and the casting out of demons. We talk about raising the dead. So it's a pre-recorded. It's got seven hour-long sessions that are recorded and then a bunch of different bonus material. Um, you can go to my website if you're interested, melissarupp.com, and click on the online learning tab, and, and, and you can access it there. So take care. Hello, people. It's a beautiful Thursday where I'm at. I hope it's beautiful where you are as well. We are um, back to talking about our healing series. We're talking about supernatural healing and how healing is the will of God. Every time for every person, it is the will of every member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. We see examples of the Holy Spirit performing healing with his dunamis power in the Bible. We see God healing people supernaturally in the Bible, and we see Jesus when he was on the earth. <clears throat> it says he walked about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. That tells us something right there. They were oppressed by the devil. We know that it's the thief, the devil, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he can do that by bringing sickness and infirmities and diseases that can kill you. So the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. That's John 10, 10. So we know that God doesn't make us sick. We don't see anywhere in the Bible where God made people sick. We see where the devil did. Um, Jesus would cast out spirits of infirmity and people would be healed. He would cast out deaf and dumb spirits and people would be healed and they would receive their, their sight and be able to speak. So we see um, different things like that in the Bible. We know that God does not give us sickness to punish us or to teach us a lesson. It comes from the enemy, the devil. Um, healing is one of the promises that we are given from God. In fact, it's one of his names, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. It is a promise that's in his very name, a covenant that he has made with us. The Bible says that God doesn't lie. He, um, he doesn't break his promises. And his promises are yes and amen. And so one of his promises is healing. He always says yes. Every time we ask for healing, it is his will. And he is saying yes every time that he wants us well. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes there are things that can hinder our healing and, you know, maybe we'll talk about that later. But right now we are talking about different methods that God can use to heal people. Um, we also know that he, that God has given us authority over demons and over sickness. And we see that in Matthew 10 and, and Luke 10. We see it at different places in the Bible. We see in Mark 16 where it says that believers, those who believe in Jesus Christ, will place their hands on sick people and they'll get well. So not to pray for people, but to heal people. So believers will, um, you know, they'll lay their hands on the sick people and they will recover. They will get well. Um, just very, very briefly, last episode, um, we talked about commanding prayers, where that's a type of prayer where you're actually speaking and making a command. You're using your God-given delegated authority to command, not, not God. We're not commanding God. Um, so we are, co are commanding unjust situations. We are commanding demons. We are commanding sickness. We are commanding body parts. And we are commanding those things to line up with the word of God. So we're commanding bodies to be healed because that lines up with the word of God that says by Jesus's stripes, we are healed. When he took those lashes, it says in Isaiah, by Jesus's stripes, we're healed. 
Um, you know, Psalm 91 says, no plague will come near our dwelling. That includes our physical body and the home, the house that we live in. No plague will come near our dwelling. Um, so we're, we're commanding things to line up with the word, with the Bible. And so those unjust situations, we're using our authority and commanding justice, righteousness into those situations. Um, two episodes ago, we talked about a different type of prayer prayer called the prayer of petition. And that is where you simply pray and you ask God to do something and you re are relying solely on God doing the work. We talked about how when you don't know what to pray, a simple prayer of petition can look like you just saying, help Jesus. And I shared the scripture, Romans 10, 13, and it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we talked about how that word saved means um, it's the Greek word sozo. So it's translated from the Greek. That word sozo can mean different things. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It can mean salvation, but it can also mean deliverance. It can mean protection. It can mean healing, physical healing, um, preserving, saving, being made whole, it can mean all of those different things. And we talked about how that word can be used interchangeably for healing, deliverance, and salvation. I gave you three different examples of how that works. Um, but it makes it clear that that word sozo, those who call on the name of the Lord, it's more than just salvation. It includes physical healing and, um, you know, not just forgiveness of sins, but it also includes deliverance from evil spirits. So, we talked about how we can just say, help Jesus, if you don't know what to pray, and, and God will show up. And he'll show up in different ways, in different forms. Sometimes he sends angels, but he will send help. And um, so, you know, that's that's one way that you can call on the name of the Lord. If you say, help Jesus, that's a simple prayer petition, and you are, are asking him to do the work. Okay, so we are, we're still in the series. We're focusing on different methods that God can use to heal people. Um, for those who maybe this is your first episode in the series, we are, um, we're using my book, Keys to Healing, and we're in chapter five, which talks about healing methods. So that book is available on Amazon if you want to get a copy, but it's called Keys to Healing, Dr. Melissa Rupp on Amazon. So <clears throat> there's lots of different ways that God can choose to heal people. We've covered a whole bunch of those already. And right now we are going to, for this episode, we're going to focus on um, canceling curses as a way to receive healing. And we've talked about the power of our words a lot of different times on this podcast, lots of different episodes. And um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that today because our words do have power. So, um, you know, with our words, we can, they, they have the power to bless or curse people. Our, our words, the things that we say can either put heaven or hell on assignment against us or against other people. Our words can put angels or demons potentially on assignment against a person or for a person. They can bring curses or they can bring blessings. So we can, with our mouths, we can speak and curse people. Um, that I used a, a proverb for that one. I think it's Proverbs 18, 21. I'm going to have to go back and look that one up for sure. But um, our words have power. And sometimes a healing, a physical healing cannot manifest in our bodies until we break a curse. So curses do come in some different forms. We're going to talk about three kinds of curses today. So number one, we're going to talk about word curses. Number two, we're going to talk about witchcraft curses. And number three, we're going to talk about generational curses. So let's start out with word curses. 
<clears throat> so sometimes there is a word curse that has been spoken by us or another person against us that needs to be broken. And some examples of that can include, um, you'll never amount to anything. You're so stupid. You're so lazy. You might um, say to yourself and speak over yourself. Um, I know I'm going to die of a heart attack because my dad died of a heart attack. That is an example of a word curse. I have heard, and I've given this example, but I have heard of women or couples being infertile or barren because they spoke out loud that they never wanted to have kids. And then they decided that they wanted to have kids and they tried to get pregnant and they were not able to. And then after uh, breaking a word curse that they had spoken, they were able to conceive miraculously with no medical intervention, no other explanation other than that they broke <clears throat> a word curse. So sometimes if you have spoken a word curse over yourself, and sometimes when you've done it over other people, um, you may need to um, repent for actually speaking those things out loud. And then you're going to need to speak out loud that you renounce those curses. And what renouncing means is that you are, you're speaking to the spirit realm <clears throat> and you are announcing to the spirit realm that you are coming out of agreement with that thing that you spoke and you are breaking any agreement or any covenants with any demons because of the things that you spoke. And so then you can use your words again to speak and say, I cancel any curses in Jesus name. And then in place of where there was a curse, you can also speak a blessing so, um, you know, if you've spoken curses over your heart and said, I think I'm going to die of a heart attack because my dad did, you can cancel that curse. So you repent, renounce, cancel it, speak out loud and cancel that curse in Jesus name. And then you can speak out blessings over yourself and you can say, I bless my heart. I bless my veins and my arteries. I bless, you know, my circulatory system, whatever, whatever it is that you need to pray you can speak out loud blessings over those parts. And I've heard some supernatural stories with that too. Like somebody had to go in, I'm trying to remember the whole exact story, but a person had been told that they had a heart issue and they were going to have to have um, a stint or something done. I, I forget exactly what the story is, but, but the person started to bless their body, bless their arteries. And when they went back in, um, they said that there was an actually a new piece that had started to grow in their arteries and it had like bypassed and gone around the place that, where there was a stint before that was going to have to be replaced I think is how the story went but because of the power of speaking blessings so really miraculous things can happen when you use your words to speak blessings okay the next type of curse we're going to talk about we're going to talk about witchcraft curses so this is number two witchcraft curses so um witchcraft curses can come in the forms of spells, hexes, vexes, incantations, potions, um, jinxes, hoodoo, voodoo, santeria. There's all different kinds of um, witchcraft practices and false practices that can um, put curses on people. And former witches will be the first to tell you that they know the power of the spoken word. It is one of the things that they are heavily taught, even from the very beginning of their training, that their words have power. They have the power to bless or to curse. They have the power to call things to them and attract things to them. And, and they'll tell you, lots of former witches have testified and said, we know the, the power of our words. That's what, you know, we, we know more than Christians do because a lot of Christians don't read their Bible or they're not taught it, but 
um, you know, they're, they're taught it. So they know the power of their words and they can curse other people and attach spells and demons to other people with, with their words and their curses and their spells. So as with word curses though, so those words that we speak over ourselves or other people speak over us, you know, negative things like you're, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're lazy, any of those word curses, any type of witchcraft curse, we can again use our words to speak out loud that we are breaking any witchcraft spells against us and canceling those curses in Jesus name. Um, the power for witchcraft spells and curses, those come from the devil and he who lives in us. So in believers and Christians, he who lives in us, the Holy Spirit, um, you know, God lives in us. And he who lives in us is greater than he who lives in the world, greater than the devil. He created the devil and he could take him out if he wanted to. That's 1 John 4, 4. Um, generational curses. This is the next one. So in Deuteronomy 28, this is Old Testament under the Old Covenant. We see in Deuteronomy 28, we see the, the um, list of things. We see um, that there were blessings for obedience and there were curses for those who were disobedient to God's laws and violated God's laws. And we've been given a choice. So then they were given a choice and we're given a choice now. And we can choose, you can choose this day, life or death, blessings or curses. And in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, it says, I have set before you. So, you know, in Deuteronomy 28, they've laid out, they've said, these are the blessings. These are the curses. If you, if you live in accordance to what God says to do, it says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. So Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 is that scripture. So in the Old Testament, we see that there were curses for disobedience. And that was where um, also sins from past generations could be handed down to future generations, resulting in a generational curse. So in Exodus 34 verse 7, it says that he punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to even the third and fourth generation. But then we come to the new covenant and we come, we, you know, the new Testament, Jesus comes and he dies on the cross. He lives a sin-free life and dies for our sins. He dies in place of us. And he became the curse for us, freeing us from the curse of the law, from the old Testament, you know, the law, the rules from the old Testament, Jesus freed us from that curse of the law. That's Galatians three verses 13 through 14. So we are now under a new covenant. But if the enemy thinks that he can stay because we don't know any better, he will certainly try to do that. And so we have to use our authority to break those generational curses. So you might see, for example, a family line where everyone in the family or every woman in the family has diabetes or heart disease. Um, so that's, that's where you can kind of see that you'll see it trickle down the family lines where, you know, certain people will have certain diseases and it comes from a generational curse or generational spirits that have come in because of a curse. And so it's always a good idea when you're breaking this type of curse to identificationally repent for the sins of any of your ancestors going all the way back to Adam and Eve that may have opened a door to, um, one of these curses. And so you can just say out loud, Lord, I repent and I ask forgiveness for any of the sins in my family line 
that opened the door to this from anybody in my family going all the way back to Adam and Eve. And a lot of times I will do that if there is um, a step parent or an adoptive parent. I will do it for all of the different, um, all of the different bloodlines. I'll, I'll, you know, make sure that that's covered for every one of those when I'm praying for people. Um, so we're repenting for any of the sins of our forefathers. And you can look up some scriptures um, for this. There's Leviticus 2640, um, Nehemiah 9-2, Jeremiah 14-20, and Daniel 9 verses 1 through 19. Um, so then we can apply the blood of Jesus. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So we can apply the blood of Jesus and then we can speak out loud and we can just say, you know, after you repent, you can say, now I'm applying the blood of Jesus and I am canceling and breaking any of these curses off of my bloodline and off of my family in Jesus name. And then after you break those curses, you can, again, you can speak the opposite over a person such as I bless your health. I bless your heart. I bless your brain. I bless your, your you know, your memory, whatever it may be, you can speak and release those blessings in place of where there were formerly curses. Okay. We're going to leave off with that for today. Um, if you need any information, any resources, you can go to my website, melissarupp.com. It's got a link to invite me to speak at one of your, um, you know, come to speak at your church or any of your events. There um, is a link to my Amazon author page for the link to all of my books. There's a place to donate if you want to donate to the ministry. So all of that is available on melissarupp.com. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening. Join me next time as we continue to explore the supernatural on What's Up with Dr. Rupp.